Yeah. Can you bring the Irish whiskey real quick? It's ACDC. God damn it. It's showtime, folks. Breaking down the best four songs. This, this, this is Mount Rock. Your voice is like a combination of Fergie and Jesus. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to this very special episode that I'm very excited about and about to drink some whiskey while we're doing this episode. Welcome, Rockalites. Hola, problem children, and salutes to all of those about to rock from Rockmore Nation. I am Bauer, your host for this climb that is 40, four zero years in the making. 40 fucking years. I don't know about you, but that, well, that makes me feel tremendously old. Today, we do an episode number 25 something we have only done once here on Mount Rockmore. Today, we salute an album. For those of you under the age of 30, an album is this, this thing about the size of a small garbage can lid made of vinyl that musicians would put their music out on, sell in stores, and you would take home and listen on a record player. You couldn't keep it in the sun, otherwise it would melt the record. And Well, then cassettes came out, and you couldn't keep those in the sun because it would melt the, the cassette. But here's the point. Then came CDs. You get the picture how this all transitioned, how it went from one into the other. Point is, 40 years ago, factually 40 years, and I don't know when this is going to come out since we're running into issues on the server for thebowershow.com, but we'll just say 40 years and some days ago, one of the greatest albums in the annals of rock history came out, and we are celebrating it here today. Today, we pick the one, two, three, four album-defining songs, the Mount Rushmore of songs of ACDC's Back in Black. Now, let me say this before we start. This right here, this is how I... Let me do it with the pencil instead of my thumb. That didn't sound good. This right here, this is how I plan on celebrating ACDC today. See, one of the songs on this album may or may not make it into the Mount Rockmore of Back in Black, but Have a Drink on Me starts off... First of all, it is it is a laundry list of me shopping at a liquor store, is what it is. That's how I've always looked at it. And the opening lines are whiskey, gin, and brandy. Well, I don't have any brandy. I'm not a gin drinker, but I do have some Glendala Double Barrel Irish Whiskey, and we are about to enjoy some of that here. Let's see if I can give you this essence as well. As we enjoy ACDC and 40 years of Back in Black. Now, in this episode, you're going to want to plant your actual Alexa or Google Home directly into your ear holes. Then simply ask Alexa... Or Google to play Mount Rockmore on TuneIn. And you know what? She'll whip it out like an old Levi denim vest with an ACDC patch on it and begin paying tribute not only to one of the greatest albums in rock history, but one that other bands use as the ground zero to check acoustics in a room or uh, that is used to tune their sound systems. I mean, it, it's respected industry-wide as engineered and produced sheer genius. It was ACDC's seventh album, but the first one with their brand new singer. In 1980, there was no Twitter to leak studio footage out of. There was no Instagram to post pictures of a new singer in the shadows in a vocal booth working on a single to hit radio all of a sudden. It didn't work that way. And after the success of ACDC's Highway to Hell the year before, and the love their fans had for Bon Scott, there was still a question of whether or not the fans would welcome Brian Johnson into the group. I, hold on, let me get another sip of this. <clears throat> mm. I am fully aware that I will not be able to satisfy every tnt -er or high-voltage aficionado out there, but we're talking about a goddamn ACDC album. Have a modicum of respect. For the crown princes of rock, period, end of list, full stop. And when you are talking about an album that had four singles, two top 40 singles, had been certified platinum 22 motherfucking times, you know what you get? You get a goddamn play-in. Yeah. This play-in, and again, trying to determine who goes where, 
It's a challenge. This plan on the four album-defining songs of Back in Black was the B-side. Again, to all you rock pups out there, there used to be a thing called a single record. It wasn't the bigger record. It was a small record, usually a 45 is what they call it, smaller than an album. It just had one song on one side, another song on the other side. And the B-side to You Shook Me All Night Long, some think this song may be a little classless, considering the circumstances. I mean, ACDC's singer, Bon Scott, had just died of alcohol poisoning months before the album came out. Brian Johnson had just joined the band and wrote a killer song about drinking. A lot of drinking. Johnson stayed true to Scott's form by writing about topics consistent with ACDC's ethos. Many bands would have released this heartfelt ballad to honor a fallen member, but that's not the ACDC way. Bon would have kicked him square in the balls. He would have wanted them to rock out, and that's exactly what they kept doing. So you're playing with a tip of the cap and a drop of the booze and a sip of the whiskey. Mm. To your former singer, Bon Scott, you're playing for ACDC Back in Black Mount Rockmore. Have a drink on me on the Mount Rockmore Back in Black.
I don't mind if I do. That's Have a Drink on Me. You can't help but get carried away by that song's sense of alcohol-induced camaraderie. The Young Brothers, Angus, Malcolm, they pump out riff after riff to keep those things swinging. The tune works by answering its own internal logic. Bad taste, maybe? Great ACDC song? Hell yeah. We're talking about ACDC's album Back in Black, released in 1980. We are celebrating the 40th anniversary of it here today. Hopefully, wherever you are, you're having a little drink on those guys from ACDC as I am celebrating with some Irish whiskey. Another sip Mm. is called for. Back in Black, released in 1980, has sold more than 50, 50 million copies, placing it higher than Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, who had 45 million, the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, I can't say that when I've had too much whiskey, the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, 32 million, it's the second highest selling album in history, topped only by Michael Jackson's Thriller. And with that, it's carve time, my friends. Time for us to start out on the Back in Black Mount Rushmore, and... To do that, we start at the start. Has there ever been a song that builds a greater sense of anticipation than this one? Has there ever been a song, start of an album or otherwise? This song starts with the toll of a 2,000-pound cast bronze bell. Seemed like sort of this deliberate nod to Bon Scott's premature death. But when Angus fires up that slow and deliberate riff, then locks it into a groove with the rest of the band following seamlessly, the sheer power of the song can't help but be entirely uplifting. Man, a meaty vocal from Brian Johnson, the new singer. This was his debut. This was the first song you heard when you put this album on back in 1980. And it banishes any thoughts that the new guy not going to cut the mustard. Gigantic in every possible way. Our first song on the Mount Rockmore of ACDC's Back in Black goes to the first song on the album, or the first side of the cassette, or the first song on the CD. Hell's Bells, here on Mount Rockmore.
Now, back in 1989, the U.S. government used songs like, well, that one, Hell's Bells, to help oust former Panamanian dictator Manuel Noriega. See, Noriega was an opera lover, and so uh, they bombarded him with Metallica, ACDC. They bombarded his embassy with loud music. Soon after, he stepped down, unable to take the pure power of rock. Cheers to you, ACDC. On the way, how the new ACDC singer became quite the wordsmith when it came to a couple of back-in-black hits and how one of their most popular songs almost became a folk song. That's all on the way here on Mount Rockmore, ACDC, Back in Black. Finally, some good news on the ongoing drug trafficking crisis along the Mexican border. Today, in testimony before the House Committee on the Judiciary, the DEA revealed it has achieved remarkable success with its latest initiative, sending rapper Lil Wayne to Mexico to use up all the drugs. Immediately upon deployment, Lil Wayne locates all the narcotics in the area and depletes the supply within hours. Operation Wheezy of Baby has been an unparalleled success. Lil Wayne has already gotten 40 tons of marijuana, 27,000 kilos of cocaine, and 2,000 kilos of heroin off the streets and into his body. Mexican officials say they expect Lil Wayne to completely wipe out the nation's drug problem by the end of next month. He is the weapon drug enforcement agencies have been searching for, a living vacuum cleaner of drugs. I personally watched him snort a pile of cocaine as tall as a man. This operation is expected to cost over $2 billion for pipes, lighters, rolling papers, and replacement diamonds for Lil Wayne's teeth. DEA officials said video field reports from Lil Wayne show he is continuing to take in huge amounts of drugs on an hourly basis. And then take off my motherfucking finger ring and my Bentley, my Breitling, like, like, right bow, I say, sparkling off the breath lane. Lil Wayne's drug-stopping capabilities are, in his own words, rare, like Mr. Clean with hair. Mexican officials have already commissioned a mural in Mexico City as a gesture of thanks to Lil Wayne and all he has done for the nation. This is the most widespread government use of a celebrity since the 2004 Republican National Convention when Christina Aguilera was shot into crowds of protesters to disperse them. Coming up next, the White House has announced the president is in the mood for a parade. This is a clearly, clearly not metrosexual moment, moment in history. The Dragon Slayer. Von Pardue, a man in Montgomery County, Texas, was attacked by a neighborhood pit bull recently. The dog bit hard into Pardue's hand and refused to release its clench. But Pardue didn't complain that the dog had ruined his manicured fingernails and their shiny, translucent nail polish. Why not? Because he didn't have any girly nail polish on. In fact, he doesn't even know what the word manicure means. He thinks it's when a guy gets better. With the snarling beast still digging into his hand, Pardue didn't pull some wussy crap and try to reason with the animal. He didn't say, let's compromise, let's pass a UN resolution, let's talk about your problems. Did you have a rough childhood? Hell no. The Texan dragged the one-foot-tall fanged monster a full block and a half to his house, where he then, according to police, choked it to death. No real man like Pardue is going to let that pit ball off with a warning. It's one strike and you're strangled to death. He's judge, jury, and executioner. And more importantly, he's a real man. And now, Dragon Slayer. This has been Lee Camp. For more funny crap, check out LeeCamp.net and SharkBaby.com. Breaking down the best four songs. This, this, this is Mount Rock. Don't think it's yours just because you marked it with your urine. Welcome back to the Mount Rockmore podcast. If what we're doing here is giving you happy pants, please check out our website, thebowershow.com. I'm frankly not sure how much longer things are going to be there, but, you know, follow us anyways. We'll give you updates on what's happening. And then make sure you follow us on Twitter. Give us a rating. First of all, we're on Twitter at The Bower Show, at T-H-E-B-O-W-E-R-S-H-O-W. Now... Onto the ratings part. Give us a rating. Give us a review. One to five stars on iTunes. If if you thought ACDC, any ACDC album since 1980s Back in Black was better than Back in Black, give yourself and us one star. If you realize this album was the band's pinnacle, give the obligatory five stars. Want to come at me on that one, bro? Let's hug it out. At Mount Rockmore. At M-T-R-O-C-K-M-O-R-E. So, this is a lesser statistic, sure. But somehow I think it speaks loudly. ACDC's Back in Black received 
the Recording Artist Industry Master Ringtone Sales Award. You heard that right, Ringtone Sales Award. Gold and platinum in 2006 and reached two times platinum. That's double platinum status for a ringtone. Can you, they put that in a frame for you? In 2007, it's a top 100 classic rock song that is so omnipresent, so beloved, so just playing kick-ass that millions want to play it every time they get a phone call. But the band itself, they, they weren't sure what the reaction would be after such a turbulent circumstance, says Angus Young. You know, I guess at the time you don't know, you know. So uh, it was a, a kind of go, go for go for go for broke, I suppose, because we really didn't know, you know, is, would, uh, you know, the people who knew ACDC, did they accept this, you know, would they love did they accept Brian, did they accept, you know, so a lot of pressure on him, a lot of, you know, same with the man, but I think everyone wanted it to make it all happen, you know, yeah. and wanted it to be, to be good. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a force of nature. nature. That thing. Certainly, that opening riff is one of the most recognized guitar bits of all time. If there's a certain type of guitar player who has to pluck out the opening notes of "Stairway to Heaven" every time he picks up an axe or goes to a guitar store to play guitar, then there's another type who's just as likely to hit the signature "Bum, ba da dum, ba da dum" of "Back in Black." It's gained a level of pop culture awareness that makes it instantly identifiable with a certain attitude that appeared in films from Iron Man to the Smurfs. So leading us back to our second song being hammered into the ACDC back in Black Mountainside, the band went into this record wanting to remember Bon Scott, but not as a sappy, sad kind of way, remembers Brian Johnson. The guys wanted to be a good rock record for... You know, in memory of Bond, but without the slabber, without all the mulch and the crap that usually goes with that. And um, it was one of the best of the album to be black. And I've filled it with lines like uh, Nine Lives, Cat's Eyes, you know, uh, because Bond had, uh, Bond had lived on the edge for a long time, I guess, you know, and um, it always made it through. And I think it was a shock for the lads that this time he didn't. If anything, the, the track that I, that I wanted to get out was Back in Black itself. So I was just happy at hearing that, you know. The album is one of the greatest Titanic bestsellers of all time, currently number three. That's one hell of a tribute. And these chords bring you back home each and every time you hear them. The second song on the ACDC Back in Black Mount Rockmore is the title track from the album Back in Black.
no need for speed when you've got that much power. And the band lock in and rock out throughout 4 minutes and 15 seconds of mind-blowing mayhem. Back in Black is such a groove to it that it's almost almost has some kind of a deep spiritual relationship to hip-hop, right? But no need to worry. This is a rock song to end all rock songs. We're halfway through the Mount Rushmore of Back in Black songs. Only two songs left to go. But first, time for a little ACDC Back in Black. Today you learnt. Today, today, today you learn. Today, today, today you learn. Sort of an after-dinner trivia for those of you just enjoying Back in Black here today. ACDC, today you learnt. ACDC briefly considered breaking up after their original frontman Bon Scott died. However, encouraged by the insistence from Scott's parents that he would have wanted them to go on, the band decided to continue. They found Brian Johnson as their new frontman and Back in Black was made. Today you learned that the Hell's Bell heard in ACDC's album Back in Black, it started the whole thing off, we've already heard it, was custom made by the John Taylor Bell Foundry and was played on that record by the Bellmaker. Despite selling over 200 million albums worldwide over 41 years, with Back in Black alone selling 50 million copies worldwide, making it the second highest selling album in history, although it's arguable that it might be third now. With all of that, keep in mind, ACDC has never released a greatest hits album. And finally, today you learned, in case you don't remember, go back and watch the video footage. It'd be pointless of me to play it here because it's there's not much speaking in it. Crispin Glover danced to Back in Black in his Friday the 13th Part 4 dance scene. You can dance to it. And that's ACDC Back in Black Today You Learned. Today, today, today you learned. Today, today, today you learned. Well, the producer of Back in Black, Mutt Lang, pulled off an impressive trick in light of ACDC's previous album, Highway to Hell. He polished up the band's sound. He made the, the group sound commercially hotter while losing none of their core identity. And almost by mistake... Mutt nearly turned this song into a folk tune, as Brian, Malcolm, and Angus Young describe it. And I, I'd written the words and all that, and I, I went in to sing it and all that, and uh, the boys weren't in, and I, I was singing it. You know, she was a fast machine, she kept her motor clean, she was the best damn woman that I ever seen. And, when I, and Mutt took him out and he said, you know, Brian, there's too many words in it. And I said, oh, what do you mean? And he said, I think it should be good like this. She was a fast machine. She kept on the clean. She had the side, the size. And then I did it like that, and then Mal heard it, and, <laughs> and he's going, what the fuck is this? It sounded kind of folky, didn't it, in a little way? Yeah. Like folk rocky. Yeah, and at the same time, there wasn't really uh, the sort of lyrics. She's, no, 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 no. He said, dear, back the old way. It rocks. The old way. This song once again highlights Lang's ability to bring entirely acceptable pop sensibility to a hard rock band as he helps them deliver a sing-along arms around your best mate's shoulder winner of a tune. Number three on the Mount Rushmore of Back in Black goes to You Shook Me All Night Long.
That song placed at number 10 on VH1's list of the 100 greatest songs of the 80s. It was also number one on VH1's top 10 ACDC songs. Guitar World placed You Shook Me All Night Long at number 80 on their 100 greatest guitar solos list. So here we are. 40 years after ACDC had a singer change, recorded an album they weren't sure anyone would like, and we're all here with whiskey in hand. Cheers to celebrate ACDC's Back in Black album with the four album-defining songs from it, but even arguably the greatest rock album of all time, has songs that didn't quite make the cut. And it's time that we address them. Out on the, well... We had to put a tenth song on the album somewhere, Planes, lay the desiccated remains of Shake a Leg. And if slapping you across the face with sexual innuendo is your jam, you'll want to turn away from the vultures picking away at the carcass of giving the dog a bone in Ugly Groupie Alley. Now, back to the mountainside. What I call the best last song on any album ever made arguable and I could do a, and may do a Mount Rockmore on those last songs of any album ever made I call this one of the best if not the best last song on any album ever made it gets just rewards coming up on Mount Rockmore next over, Wisconsin resident and Packers fan Chris Lukowski has announced that he will return to drinking for another football season. Following his wife's off-season threat to leave him if he didn't get help, many expected Lukowski to give up drinking for good. But he held a press conference today to announce he's not done yet. The Packers are my life, and drinking is my life. I think I have another couple thousand beers left in me. Can Lukowski push through with another good season, or are his best drinking days behind him? If you're going to need something in the next two minutes, please grab it now, because you will be unable to find it once you have entered the steam room. Welcome to the Steam Room. I'm Tim Devan, and alongside OSN sports analyst Marcus Kelly. Marcus, there is no I in Steam. I know that, Tim. Then the Steam Room begins now. Marcus, no question in anybody's mind that Chris Lukowski's among the all-time greats of alcohol consumption. Absolutely What's right. he got left to prove? Well, quite simply nothing, Tim. The guy's done it all. all Lost right. jobs, destroyed property, all in the name of Packers football. Right. And his lifetime stats are incomparable. A .43 career-high blood alcohol content right. and six women punched. The man just flat-out loves to drink. That's right. We got some footage of him from a 2005 Packers victory. Let's take a look. Go, Pack! Go! Go, Pack! Go! Go, Pack! Go! I remember that game. He was a monster. That's right. He's really the last man standing from that incredible drinking class of 1974. Those were great group of drinks. Now, Lukowski never drank as much as Brian Pardville yeah, in one sitting, Pardville though. now? He's All in right. an AA meeting getting his five-year sober chip. Lukowski's still sitting in front of his TV, drinking his weight in beer week right. after week. Can he keep up this high level of play? Of He's course a far he can. cry from the 97 Lukowski, who we all knew and loved, who celebrated the, the Packers Super Bowl victory by falling face-first into his backyard barbecue and then being unable to remember why he had grill marks on his face the next Look, day. Look, let me tell you, the man has got good form and he's been drinking straight through the offseason. Just sure last Thanksgiving, that? he awkwardly groped his son's 14-year-old girlfriend right. and then threatened to kill himself by jumping off the roof of their ranch wow. house. It's time for the final sweat. I'm a little bit worried about you. Well, your concern is insulting. Very well. Chris Lukowski's time on this earth is limited. Who's the future of drinking? I wouldn't look any further than the Lukowski household. Wow. Alex Lukowski has shown a tremendous potential for drinking since age three when his father poured beer in his bottle to keep him quiet during the game. And he's already accomplished so much at such a young age. That's right, he up Wasted out of his mind for his job at Gumby's Pizza. Absolutely. Losing his tooth in somebody's milkshake and routinely peeing He's blood. got the best coach there it's is. Incredible. If the Packers are still playing, this kid will be drinking. He's got a real future. Marcus Kelly, I can't tell if we've survived the steam room or died and gone to some sort of warm, steamy purgatory. Either way, it's been an honor, Tim. Thanks, Hi, this we'll is Lance from Cox Shot. You're going to be feeling wonderful all day because you're going to be taking shots at Cox left and right like a pro. Now, here's a guy, one shot to the cock, mild testicle damage, two shots, destroyed cock in seconds. Now watch this. You're going to add in some garlic, okay? Here we go. I'm going to put some garlic in. All right, and you keep going. You completely blow apart that cock, I mean it's gone, and you got a piece of garlic mashed to a dick. Now, you love tapping guys in the nuts, but you don't like touching balls with your hands. You know you don't like guy berries anywhere near your fingers, that's why you wear gloves in the public restroom. One shot. Cock salad. Now look, I love a good ball punch as much as the next guy, but once in a while you really gotta send a message to make sure they don't forget. This is gonna change the way you punch dicks. Big dicks, little dicks, crooked dicks. Five seconds, four or five seconds, the guy's on the ground, you really hurt his branch. 
Oh. Now see, this nut shot is boring. Stop having a boring nut shot. Stop having a boring life. Cock shot these two guys here. <gasps> Voila, it's a miracle. Congratulations, yada, yada, yada. Now, here's a hard boiled egg. It's kind of like a testicle. Look at that, unrecognizable. Now, add a cornish on for the dick, and here we go. Don't have time to screw up your balls? Now you do. So here's the deal, kids. You buy the cock shot, you're gonna get the crundleman for gravy. Brown gravy, white gravy, inside the modifier, ignite the salt, and watch this. Hot dog, bauxite, Dave Matthews band, sex with a horse. It's so easy. If I can cock shot somebody with one finger, you can do it with your whole hand. I mean, blast somebody's dick out the back of their jeans. Kids can do it. I'm talking serious dick damage. Guys, we're gonna make America's meat bananas hurt one cock shot at a time. I just slap a cock, wash it, and put it away. It's a very quick dick punch. It's a real time saver. It's so easy. It's just like, bam, 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 bam. My boyfriend gets so winded. The cock shot sells for $4.95, but if you call on March 21st, 2018, you're gonna get the Crundleman free plus nine Jesus cards. Here's how to order. To order your cock shot plus free Crundleman and Jesus cards, just dial 1-800-fuck-fuck-fuck-fuck-fuck-fuck. Breaking down the best four songs. This, this, this is Mount Rock. Oh, check out the ripples on that gentleman. Oh, it's like somebody threw a boulder in a pond. Fat dudes rule. They never expect commitment and they try so hard in the sack. Plus, they're just so grateful afterwards. Mm. I've had so much whiskey during this Mount Rushmore, I almost forgot about my love handles. Welcome, everybody. We're down to our last track on the Mount Rushmore of ACDC Back in Black songs. This, this defined rock in 1980. It redefined rock going forward from 1980. Now, we ask you to visit our shop kindly, thebowershow.com slash shop, and, and check out the Mount Rockmore t-shirts, the sweatshirts, other gear. I mean, I know it's still steaming hot out whenever you do hear this and we get our server back, but nonetheless, you might want to start thinking about what's coming up in the fall. Have that sweatshirt ready to go for any high school or college or professional football games. You know, if we have those. Thanks, COVID. And check out our daily video podcast. It's turned into a weekly one, my little girl and I lucky, six years old, and I do call Beer Half Full Bauer. You can find that all at thebowershow.com when we get our server up and running again. Lots of fans found it amazing, and I'll tell you why. Others think it's just a throwaway. Truth is, it's probably somewhere between the two, but your reaction often depends on the mood you're in when you listen to it. So let's get in good spirits here. Sometimes it feels like an anthemic call to arms. Sometimes it feels like it's a wee bit hokey, but we can all agree that surely it is definitely one of Back in Black's standout moments. And for me, I had the Back in Black album. I stole it from my brother. And he was a big rap guy, like Run DMC and stuff. But the one rock album he owned was Back in Black. I stole it from him. And I can't tell you how many times I listened backward and forward to ACDC's Back in Black. You get to this last song. And until I got the CD of ACDC's Back in Black, which, by the way, was the first CD I ever purchased... When I got the CD of ACDC's Back in Black, it wasn't until I heard that last song on the CD that I heard the things I hadn't heard. It, like, it opened up a whole new world for me. To hear Brian Johnson light the lighter as he's about to take a drag off a cigarette, the clarity and the volume with which you heard every detail in this song, I, I told you, I, I had to go back and listen to the record to just go, did I completely miss it? What did it sound like on the record? Because on the CD, it's fucking amazing. And that is indeed the case in this song. I call it anthemic. I say that it is probably, if not the best song on the record, it's one of them. And I make the argument it is the best closing song on any record, cassette, album, any time in the history of rock. Your final spot on the Mount Rockmore of ACDC's Back in Black goes to Rock and Roll Ain't Noise Pollution. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to shut my app just for a half a second so you get the full entire sound of how incredible this track is from the beginning to the end here on Mount Rockmore.
God damn it. Yes! What a good song that is. And cheers to ACDC for 40 years of Back in Black. Initially, only nine tracks were written for Back in Black. But Atlantic Records, as well as the band's management, recommended they should write one more song. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, that's where they're going to throw in giving the dog a bone, right? Or that's shake a leg. Nope, nope, nope. Hang on. That's where Angus and Malcolm sat down and wrote that song. That song, Rock and Rolling Noise Pollution, in 15 minutes. Brian Johnson said, I'll never forget the start of it. I went into the recording booth. The intro starts, and I hear, Brian, it's Mutt. Could you say something over that? He starts to repeat the lyrics loudly, head tilted slightly back. All you middlemen, throw away your fancy cars. And for some reason, Brian Johnson said the middlemen were in the news at the time. The top guys weren't getting the blame. The workforce weren't getting it either. It was the middlemen who were in this gray area. So he picked up on that. And then just went on from there. During the intro, you heard him light the cigarette, takes a pull from it, and Malcolm explained that they were in London at the time. There were those problems, the old Marquee Club, because it was a built-up area. There was this whole thing about noise pollution in the news, the environmental health thing that you couldn't have your stereo up louder after 11 o'clock at night. That's where that song came from. 15 minutes, and they wrote that. It reached number 15 on the UK singles chart, the highest placing of any song on the album. 
And thanks to CDs, we were all able to hear all of that. I couldn't hear it on my vinyl. ACDC's Back in Black made me a true believer in CDs from that point on. Hate my picks? Think you could do better? Tweet us at Mount Rockmore, at M-T-R-O-C-K-M-O-R-E, and let me know. I may need you to help me co-host an upcoming Rockmore. Now, as I finish the... I lost count. The first, as far as you know, glass of whiskey. We'll play out with this. And if you, like me, are counting on ACDC to do for the world what they did for Canada back in 2004, during the first SARS epidemic in 2002-2004, to help revive the economy, Toronto hosted a concert called SARS Stock, which was attended by 500,000 people. That's half a million. I don't do math well, but I think that's right. And it was headlined by the Rolling Stones, ACDC, Justin Timberlake, Rush, and others. The largest outdoor ticketed event in Canadian history. So, if you're hoping that that's going to happen when coronavirus is done, by all means, tell your pals to subscribe. We'll be here for that show and for your 40th high school graduation road trip. Till next time, for Mount Rockmore, I'm Bauer. See ya. Party! Party